Hey Melbourne, we're back. Rewind Daddy's Band play the Sookie Lounge Friday the 3rd of February 2023. All the greaties from the 80s. Sookie Lounge is 1648 Burwood Highway, Belgrave. Tickets available on rewind80sband.com. See you in 2023 because we just can't get enough. We just can't get enough. Woo! to say, changed my life, that track. Did it? Yes. Wow. I'm Sammy Hardon. I'm Jay Jovi. You're listening to the 80s montage and we've already done another, I'm already burping from (laughs) last episode. Ghosts, mate, that was amazing. Ghosts last week. How good was it, eh? Have you done your homework, guys? Yes. Have you done your Mm. homework? Have you ghosted us? I hope, I hope, I hope you not. haven't. <laughs> I hope you haven't. We've got a couple of patrons to thank today. Amazing effort. You know, even in, if you subscribe and then you get the guts up to give us a dollar fifty a month, it's awesome. Yeah, good on you. Nigel Simmons has given us a dollar fifty. Leanne Bennett ten dollars a month. Woo. Lovely. So she'll be getting the yeah, extra episodes. Yeah, and we're nice and pissed to do that next one. Recording after this, and we're going to be very naughty as well. <laughs> uh, Jessica Black. Jessica Black, that's Black, a cool Je- name. Jess, yeah, Blacko. Beautiful Blacko. Blacko. Would she it loves be Blacko? Black. She loves a little black dress. Jessica Black, that's very sexy. It is very sexy. Why does it sound like something? Sounds. I've, I think of Jessica Jones who had black hair, you know, that character. Mm. Mm. She is also subscribed for $10 and to subscribe. Fuck. Yeah, so we've got a couple of people wanting to hear us swear a lot more and talk about shit. And we do talk about shit. We do get off topic. Yeah. We don't give a fuck, Mm. which is awesome. So uh, patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. Yes. 
if you want to join the gang. And you can always Google the 80s Montage podcast and it'll lead you to the Patreon. That's right. Because they've taken the website off. Have uh, they? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still there, the 80 montagecom mm-hmm. But they're starting to realise that people are putting stuff up about iTunes direct to their website. Oh, okay. They don't and want it, that. And it's like everyone's sort of not using the websites I anymore. But I really like the website. Yeah. So we're still going to keep it, but I don't know how long it'll be up for. But okay. the name will be the 80s montage.com we own. Mm. Today, though, look, the reason why we played the Scat Brothers mm-hmm. is not because we like poo. No. And not because we like spoken word jazz. Exactly. The Scat Brothers to me, when this came out, my dad brought it. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. So what we're talking about today are record companies in the 80s. Mm. And a lot of the record companies, you only know about them from looking at the album. Yeah. And the actual sticker, the label. And this was the single that my dad brought from um, 1980. Mm. So I was 10. Mm. And it was Casablanca. Oh, yeah. Casablanca for me was the end of disco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting to get a little bit new romantic. Yeah. But it still had some amazing acts come at it. The Scat Brothers were a one-off one Dick Wonder. Yeah. They really were a One Dick Wonder. And Shame. I think we've brought them up again. We have. But I found out, so I didn't know which way to sort of do this. How are we going to do record companies of the 80s? Mm. The only way I could think of was when you look at a record, you remember the label. Yeah. So I remember Casablanca having the desert with the with the tents and all that stuff. And yeah. it was a big disco label really. It mm. started in the 70s but – in the 80s, it was really, really well known as well. Yeah. So then I started looking into Casablanca, but not only that, the Scat Brothers. Mm. Now, the Scat Brothers weren't in the fucking video. Oh. And it was a bunch of Aussie dudes. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Because they wanted real men for the. For I the fucking thing. have no idea. And they were from Townsville. Oh, fuck. But the Scat Brothers. That's up so there, me. They were Australian guys. Yeah. So it wasn't even the band. God. We don't even know what they look like and we all thought they looked like the Scat Brothers. Wow. And they were the, um, they were meant to be the straight answer to the village people yeah, from Canada. Right. Okay. But hardly straight. Have you seen the video? See, I think when you try to be straight, you go gay. Do you remember the video though? Gayer. Yeah. It was so bloody homoerotic. They do look Aussie. They, they look do. really they Aussie. They do. They look a bit bogan. And it was huge in Australia. Yeah. And it was it come out on Casablanca, which Neil well, it sounded Bogart. like Kiss as well, didn't it? Hey? It sounded like Kiss as well. Don't yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to look at Kiss as well because they Good. were Casablanca. Ah. Now, this is the thing we're getting at mm. is that it's not too far. Everything that worked, they kind of tried to do it again because mm, yeah, village right. people were Casablanca. Yeah. So they really tried to reinvent the wheel by right. doing the same. Well, not, not reinvent the wheel. Like not too far away from what's from really what worked. was going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and Casablanca. So Casablanca was um, Neil Bogart. Mm-hmm. This guy didn't live for very long okay. either. So he probably worked his tits off yeah. to get a lot of this shit out. So you're looking at artists, and this is look. This is early, late eighties, early sorry, late seventies. Yep, early eighties. Donna Summer. Ah, oh, yeah. 
was with them from 1975 to 1980. I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irene Cara. Ah, yes. Village people, 1977 to 1980. Mm-hmm. The Scat Brothers, obviously, 79 to 80 because that was only a one-dick wonder. Yeah, yeah. Very good one-dick wonder and I think we have used it before. In episodes. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe that an American label used Aussie guys. Yeah. And it was a homemade video of these cowboys without tops on. So Australia must have been – Exactly in a bar. Must have been renowned for quite masculine – Oh, yeah, and they still are. Like internationally Australian Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Homosexuality never looks so good in this video. I was hot for all the guys in the video. Yeah, yeah. But then I was a bit kind of, it's not real, what's happening here? Yeah. But I remember putting the single on. It's intense. It's intense, that's right. (laughs) Anyway, I remember putting the single on because Dad was obsessed. Mm, mm. My dad was very homosexual in the music he enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very. Homosexual tastes in music. Oh, my God. That's where when people started going, well, if your dad likes it, I'm like, nah, that's not really. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, um, I love the Scat Brothers. I think that song is a ripper. Yeah. We played a fair bit of it. Yeah. But the guys in the videos weren't them. Fuck, I can't it believe that. It was Millie that. Vanilli before Millie Vanilli. Yeah, yeah. You know? Wow. And uh, if you have a look at the Scat Brothers' Life at the Outpost and you read the comments on the YouTube, it's hilarious. <laughs> Because it literally saved people's lives, this song. Really? Oh, yeah. I would spend hours doing cowboy routines in the garage <laughs> as a kid because I was 10. Yeah. So I did the whole shoe toe thing. Yeah. You know. What's it called? Fucking line dancing. Line dancing, but it was my own made up line dancing because oh, yes, I really the best didn't kind. like I didn't really like line dancing. <laughs> yeah. So we're at the end of the disco era here. Mm. Um, but it was owned by Universal Music Group eventually. But Casablanca um, was shut down eventually by Polygram Records. Yep. So they all sort of lead into each other. This is the thing. It's very hard to know what's going on. But Neil Bogart was the one that started Casablanca. So Kiss was on Casablanca as well. Right. But the one – he had a lot of – one hit wonders on Casablanca that were fucking huge. Yeah. Now, this next one hit wonder was also a single I brought in the 80s and everyone loved it. It was 1980 but it's a toss-up. Is it 79 or 80? But I tell you what, this was another Casablanca track that if you listen to this song, you think straight away, Casablanca record label. Oh, wow. Nowadays we wouldn't know yeah. what the fuck it was because there's no labels anymore. Yeah. But here we go.
Great track. Awesome track. And this is the thing. These tracks, even they were even played before the school bell rang, mm. especially because I was the 70s kid. Yeah. And you'd hear Funky Town and it would just give you a nice feeling. Yeah. But they literally had to put the v, the LP on the record player and somehow they projected it out on the schoolyard. Fuck, you know what I mean? serious? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't – there was no iPods or anything. Yeah. So they actually had to play the record. Yeah. So course, if you yeah. were on record duty, which sometimes we were, you would see the label again. Fuck. And you'd be like, oh, it's Casablanca, blah, blah, blah. We did have an episode where we used this song, episode 127, More Cowbell. Ah, uh, yes. Because we did a cowbell thing. This is a classic cowbell fucking hit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Funky Town. But I remember – 79, I was 9 or 10, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and this would come on before the bell. Yeah. And it was stuff like this that changed your world. Yeah, you know? yeah, fuck. How fun. That would have been awesome. And Flashdance was Casablanca. Yeah. Irene Cara obviously, mm-hmm. but just records that you picked up and you looked at the label. Yeah. Rem- you remember them. Yeah, yeah. They are still around and they are a Dance label now, but right. none of the originals. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, anyway. So going on to back to Neil. So um, he was Jewish guy. Mm-hmm. Thirty nine when he died. Oh fuck! Really died young. Oh God. Neil Scott Bagdaz, I think his name was, but yeah. he came up with the money to start this record company and really believed in artists. Yep. You know, some were hit and miss, though. You didn't always get a hit, yeah. you know what I mean? But I think with Funky Town and especially acts like Kiss and, um, God, there were so many acts on this sort of label and Lip Sync. Lip Sync only had the one oh, yeah. single as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So he was really good with one-hit wonders, but then he did have Didn't longevity. Didn't know what to do with them, sort of. Well, I think it was that it was that time of 1980 where disco was dying. So you had to be really right. clever and either transform into something else very quickly mm. and if you couldn't, then yeah, there was no hope. Longevity wasn't there. You know, where Kiss did that. Yeah. Kiss went from rock and roll to disco and then they could go back into their rock yeah, and roll stuff. Yeah, that's right, exactly. So they worked really well. And Kiss was on this label, Destroyer, 1976, Love Gun, 1977, 1980s was Unmasked. And everyone loved this dude. So when he died at 39, they all put out records to him. Like a tribute to him. Like a tribute. Oh, wow. So this guy was the real deal and that's – you feel that with the music. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone would go, oh, let's put out this record by Lib Sync because it might do something. Yeah, yeah. There was no longevity, you Mm. know what I mean? It was just a song thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to play a little bit of Kiss as well for Casablanca – because I think when you opened a Kiss record, you saw this as well. Yeah, right. A lot of these artists, though, didn't just stay with the run record company. Yeah. They only had five-year deals, ten-year right. deals, and then they go to someone else that offers yeah. them more money. Yeah. Because they were given money. Mm. You know what I mean? So you were given money to put out a record and a retainer that you lived off. Mm. And then what would happen is the album would sell. Yeah. And then you would pay that money back. It wasn't a free thing. No. It was like a bank loan. It's what people don't That's right. realise. Yeah. But for someone to start the bank is a big thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
you know, it's a hard situation and it's a situation where I never understood it as a kid. I was like, mm. why has this record got a label on it? You know, and we're going to look at a few of these labels. Yeah. And a lot of you will go, oh, my God, I remember that label. You could go forever with this shit mm. and it's like an onion. There's so many layers yeah, of it. Yeah, right. But I wanted to simplify it mm. by just as a kid I remember these labels yeah. on the records. Yeah. You know. So I wanted to play a little bit of Kiss because I think Kiss were Casablanca just as much as everyone else. Yeah. And uh, this is off Dynasty and this is my favourite Kiss song of all time. What a track. There we go. Did you, were you a big Kiss household at all? My brothers were really into mm. them and our next door neighbour, you, you remember I was like on a farm, like as far yeah. as the eye can see and to, to go to our neighbour's place was quite a big deal because you fucking had to drive, you know. Our next door neighbours had sort of three teenage kids as well and the boy was really into Kiss and he yeah. just seemed so fucking dangerous. This, I remember he had a big poster of them on his wall and I was oh, yeah. yeah, that I could not wait to get in the door and go and just look at the poster. Yeah, wow. You know. Now this is the other thing that it reminded me of a lot was your neighbours. Mm. Your neighbours were your friends yeah. now in these days and they always had the music yeah. and they had a garage with a record player. Yeah, yeah. So when you couldn't afford as a kid these records, mm. your neighbours were older and yeah. they could get it. Yeah. And you could just sit there and listen to these records because mm. we – you might get a seven-inch of something but play it a million times over yeah. and over because it, it yeah. just meant so much. Yeah. Obviously music doesn't mean that much nowadays and you mm. don't get that same feeling because musically they're not really thought about. Yeah. Well, th that's a bit of a generalisation but, you know, it's true. There's mm -hmm. been a lot of songs that just had magic in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kiss's last studio album was Creatures of the Night in 1982, uh, dedicated to him, Bogart's memory. Yep. Then I think they moved on and Donna Summer's 1982 album, which was self-titled, dedicated to him as well. Mm -hmm. So this guy was obviously a really 
good guy. But to die at 39, that is fucking young. Yeah, yeah. So the stress that you – but to do something like start a record company, the stress would have been out of this world. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. no one would do it now. Yeah, no. You'd be fucking mad. You know? Yeah, crazy. And there was always distributors and stuff like that. But yeah. um, you still had to do a lot of work to sell the records. Now, um, Bogart's son, Neil Bogart's son, is uh, has is directing, has written and directed a story, a film about um, Neil Bogart's life called Spinning Gold. It's coming out soon, actually. Oh, my God, that is so full on. Yeah, release date. How incredible. Yeah, March 31, 2023. Now, isn't that amazing that I've picked Casablanca out of everything? Yeah. And that's happening. And it's coming that's out That's how March. big they were to people. And huge and, like, big cast as well, like Wiz Khalifa playing George Clinton, Jason, Jason Isaacs playing <gasps> Al Bogart, Jason Derulo playing Ron Isley. Wow. Fucking amazing. Michelle Monaghan as Beth Bogart. Yeah, amazing. That's really cool. We'll look out for that when one. When is that coming out? March 31st, 2023. Next year. Oh, yeah, this no, year. sorry, this year. Yeah, Happy New <laughs> yeah. Year, everyone. I'm still yeah. fucking in 2022. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. So we'll have to keep an eye out because we should go to that. Yeah, totally. Because I – the, the links of all the different record companies were amazing. Mm, yeah. Um, and then some of them got really smart where they started publishing in the same house. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we're going to learn some shit, man. Yeah. Because what you think happened didn't fucking happen. Ah. And you're going to be very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Now, I'm not surprised these Jewish. Jewish people love to take risks. They've mm-hmm. got money and – but they don't want to lose money. No, that's right. So they're not great at that. But, you know – a lot of the main record companies have been Jewish, record mm-hmm. company owners. Yep, they have. Kedinsky, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and it was amazing. So and they I love went the arts. That. They love music. They do. They do mm-hmm. and they believe in it. So before his death, he'd realised disco was dying. Mm. Now this is the interesting thing. Mm. He then left Casablanca and founded a record company called Boardwalk Records. Oh, wow. He realised disco was on the decline and he yep. wanted to do some rock stuff. Well, Kiss were a bit disco then, you know yeah. what I mean? They were trying to get into Studio 54 on the rec- playlist and stuff, but yeah. obviously they're not disco now. Mm. But their biggest track being I Was Made For, for Loving You. Disco I Was Made track. For Loving You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he signed a little lady on Boardwalk Records and this is another record label I remember because of this song. Yep. That when I went to my next door neighbour's house – they had this on the single and it used to fucking blow my mind and you won't believe what it is. Here it is now. I saw him dancing there by the wreck of machine been about 17 I was strong Playing my favourite song And I could tell it would be long That he was with me Yeah, me And I could tell it would be long That he was with me Yeah, me
Great. I love each, like even though you say sort of a few of them are one-hit wonders and stuff, they're so memorable, each track. Roger, that's right. And from what I can gather, like he worked with the artist like really closely mm-hmm. and, and they've got like such a high regard they for him. They loved him. Yeah. And I'm so excited to hear there's a movie coming out about mm. him because it's going to be incredible. Well, Justin Timberlake um, originally was signed on to play him ah. uh, but uh, dropped out of the project and they've got another guy, Jeremy Jordan, um, a Broadway actor oh, to play him. I know so. that name. Oh, he, not the Jeremy Jordan from the fucking... 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, different. Like he's oh, a, good. a Broadway actor. I think it's a story worth telling because yeah. risk takers, man, yeah. like this is it. So before he died, he signed Joan Jett mm-hmm. on this record. And I remember I Love Rock and Roll being a huge neighbourhood song. Yeah. And then she brought out Crimson and Clover and I really liked her then as well. I mm. thought this chick's really fucking cool. Yeah. But disco was dead. That was a reality. So Donna Summer moved on. It was just really tough for a lot of them. Village people really didn't. They went 80s with that new record. Yeah. With the pink cover where they had no make, they just didn't look like them. It just didn't work. Yeah. But the thing was Neil was huge at this time. Yep. But obviously I don't know how he died. I think he died of cancer or something. Lymphoma or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is really sad. That's too young, man. Terrible. But the music industry is a tough business. Mm. So I go from this and I'm looking at Neil and I'm going, okay, what else do I remember? What other label? And it all stems from my fucking next door neighbor's house. I'm oh, not wow. I'm just so the next label I want to talk about is Fable Records. Mm. Do you remember Fable? What would you have seen on Fable, do you reckon? Fable Records. It was oh, an Aussie think. indie record label. Ah. Aussie indie label and this was one of their biggest songs. Mm. I'm going to play it for you now. Well, you work to earn a living, but on weekends comes the time. You can do whatever turns you on, get out and clear your mind. Me, I like football, there's a lot of things around. Line them up together, the footy wins hands down. Awesome. Up there, Kazali. Me, I, I like, like football. football. Now, you know, this was 1979, mm. 80-ish. Mm. Like a lot of these are early because yeah. really we don't have record companies now. We've got three, no. whatever. Yeah. I remember putting this song on. I don't know why because I don't – I think I might have gone through a phase where I really liked it. Yeah. And it was Fable. That was yeah, on the label. Right. Mm. Now – 1970 to 1984, Ron mm-hmm. Tudor was the founder. 
Ah. Most successful productive Australian indie label with 300 singles. Shit. Quarter of a million singles sold of that song. Yep. Placing the Guinness Book of Records. Mm, fuck. Yeah. Serious. Huge song. And you know why? Because they still use it today. Yeah. Right? Now, the smart thing this guy did, which I'm sure not he wasn't the only one, but yeah. he started his own publishing company with Fable, yeah. Fable Publishing. Now, publishing is different from a record company. Publishing is when the song is played on the radio and it's published, you make money from that as yeah. well as the sales Yes, with the songwriters. Mm. It's a tricky business because you think it's on the radio and then you're going to make all this money but publishing takes quite a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Generally people don't know anything about how, like the business side of music. That's right, yeah. yeah. And publishing was something that if you were smart enough to keep, no one kept their own publishing though because no. you wouldn't be, no one could look through the catalogue. So publishing was for record companies where they might publish a song from someone mm-hmm. and then artists would come in and go, I really love the name, I really like the sound of that, I want to release that. Yeah. And then they may not necessarily go with Fable Records, they may go to Sony or whatever, mm. but it's still published with Fable. So there's still a kickback off that for yeah, Fable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to look yeah. at it. Now, up there, Kazali, you would have thought, what a fucking one-hit wonder label. They also had the Fable Singers, which I vaguely remember that sang all the footy themes. Yeah. And it was the Fable Choir or something like that, the Fable fucking Ah. something. And when I looked into it, I went, oh, my God, I remember those records where on the B side Mm. there'd be the North Melbourne Fable Singers singing the North Melbourne bloody, you know, footy thing. Yeah, yeah. so he started his own publishing company. Now, this is an Aussie guy, by the way, as well. Yeah. Now, the songs that have been recorded and published by Fable were songs by John Farnham, Olivia Newton-John, The Bushwhackers, wow. Slim Dusty. What song do you reckon John Farnham would have been published with Fable? Sadie. No. No. Go again. You're the voice. You're the fucking Fuck voice. Fuck off, serious? Absolutely. Oh my God. You're the voice was published by Fable. Wow. These guys were not so dim sum. Mm. They fucking knew what they were doing. Yeah. And it's, I think the thread that I'm getting from this is the feeling of the track itself. Yeah, right. People don't feel anymore. Yeah. And if yeah. you felt the voice was a good track, mm. You go, yep, I'll give you a publishing deal for that song. Because uh, yeah, that was an right. American track written yeah. by Journey and stuff or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Can't remember who wrote it. Mm. It wasn't the Farnham song. No. They had that published. Now, remember when we we talked to um, my mate about You're the Voice and they looked at a million songs right. for that? Yeah. So Fable have given them You're the Voice and Farnham's gone, this is the fucking track. Yeah. Now, everyone knows that track. Yeah. The money they would have made from that would have not necessarily been Wheatley Records, which is another record yeah. company I want to look at. Yeah. So publishing was incredible. I just want to play a bit of You're the Voice because I'm sure it didn't sound like this when it was yeah, fuck yeah. in the publishing. Yeah. Publishing was something artists did just in case something happened, a magical yeah, artist came right. along. Like it was, a, it was a good way to make a living. Yeah. 
you know, apart mm. from that. But, yeah, you're the voice. Here we go. Though to up there, Kazali, and you're the voice. Oh yeah, totally. It's yeah. the same flavour to do with feeling that That's uplifting right. kind of yeah. And this is where the industry misses now. Mm. There's no connection to the music. Yeah, it's yeah. about how much money can we make. Mm. There's no risks anymore. No, no. And it's kind of great that artists can do their own thing and put out their own YouTube clips and, and get whatever. Yeah, but I do miss that artistic way of getting a record deal and being so good that you get a record deal. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And just the, the sort of artistic risks as well, like somebody recognising something that really made them feel something. Exactly. And so they're willing to fucking, you know, put out a, a fucking second mortgage out to, to bankroll it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. No, 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 that's right. You know? No, it doesn't. And, and there is a similarity and that was the thing that I went, oh, fuck, maybe it was a big – Epic thing that he liked, mm. you know. Not, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure it wouldn't have been published as far from that, yeah, because they would have been able to hear it, yeah. But it just sounds like a big anthem, doesn't yeah, it? Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. A big Aussie anthem, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, but uh, incredible. So, Fable for me was a record label that I remember. It was like an orange and red with Fable across it, mm. and it was up there, Kazali, where. I knew of the track, of, yeah. the, of the record company, but it wasn't until I looked into it and went, Fable Publishing had your the voice get fucked. Mm. So that's how record companies kept afloat because that was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was against a million other songs for that Whispering Jack. We've still got to do our Whispering Jack we special do, too. the album. Yeah, the album. We've talked about two in this episode. We um, have. Death of Disco and Bloody yes, Death Whispering of Jack a great album one. review. That's right. Mm. And you really see the Death of Disco during this time as yeah. well. Yeah. You know? Wow. And obviously everyone in Australia had You're the Voice on record. Mm. That was a great record without Huge. a doubt. 
Because it was sort of um, bridge generations as well. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So I've got a commercial this week. Great. It's for all the musos that pay a fortune for their equipment. <laughs> you didn't at Brashes. The world's great rock and roll heroes agree. Rock bottom prices at Brashes Rock Stores. Yamaha drum machines from $4.95. New DX7 cents, $22.95. Four track recorders, $6.95. Fender strats from only $555. Boss digital drum machine, just $199. Marshall amps from $2.99. Save $1,000 on Roland sampling keyboards, $14.95. Unlimited rock. But limited stock. Roll into Brashes Rock Stores. Whoever you are. Brashes. Whoever you are. Whoever you are. Did you ever go to a Brashes music school or anything? Uh, no, no, nothing like that. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't. I went to Brashes for piano lessons. Oh, did you? Yeah. So what would they, would they sell the equipment and everything out the front and also sort of like run a school? Run music, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Very clever. Isn't that great? Yeah. Not, they didn't run the school straight away. Mm. Like fucking Marshall stacks were $299. Mm. I don't think they're that anymore. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there was a brushes for musical instruments in Moorabbin on the Peen Highway that I used to go to. Yeah, yeah. I, I went through a one. keyboard phase where I wanted to learn the keyboards. I never fucking did it. And I still go through that phase. Anyway, um, I basically used to go to Brushes to look for a keyboard and on sheet music for singing. Yeah, right. Because sheet music was a big thing. Yeah. You know, you could get like a virgin on record. Mm. I've still got like a virgin on record and sheet oh, music. Wow. And then they had a music school. So they rope you into coming to the music school. Mm. And you go to the music school and then you buy half the books from the staff. Yes, it's so smart. Very smart. And you go into brushes every week to so learn smart. something you're really not going to learn for much longer. Yeah, yeah. But I did do piano. But I, I reckon what I was taught at brushes I actually do remember. Mm. But musicians and instruments were obviously a lot cheaper. Yeah. But people wanted to buy instruments. It was such a big thing. Yeah. Now kids aren't even taking lessons. Mm, mm. Well, they are, but, yeah. you know, they don't – they just get married and have kids at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. There's not many left. Yeah. But um, brushes were also not a music – like a record shop. They are started branching out into – like JB Hi-Fi really. Yeah. Before yeah. JB Hi-Fi. Fuck yeah. And even JB Hi-Fi – didn't have musical instruments when they started. No, they didn't. That's just sort of happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, but no, it was amazing. Um, brushes oh. in, and there was one in the city as well. Wow. So if you couldn't get Moorabbin near South, it was not far from Southlands, mm. you go to Brushes in the city. The one in the city was like, like fucking so central. It was just like so established. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. sad when that went. Yeah. Well, no one was buying anymore. Yeah. It was yeah. all online. Yeah. Even music, sheet music was out, mm, you know. Mm. But, yeah, interesting. That was from uh, 1980, I think, that commercial, which is incredible. But mm. you really get a flavour of where the industry isn't anymore. Yeah. It's all in live performance. It all is now. It's yeah. not, not in recorded It's not in recorded music. That's just to promote the live stuff. And, and that's why you see a lot of the bands come up and do their live gigs even if they had one single in the yeah. 90s because they can do that. Yeah, it was the complete opposite to what it used to be. Yeah. The absolute complete opposite yeah. to, you know, used to, used to um, you know, do live stuff to promote the album. It's just fucking, 
opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I really got caught in that changeover with my originals, Ben, you know. Oh, it, yeah, it, you would have. It was very hard for yeah, us yeah, to yeah. get out of that mindset. That's right. Because, you know, the beginning of the beginning of like when we were doing um, my band 10,000 was right when streaming started to come in. Yep. It was sort of like midway, you know, I yep. did my band for 10 years. Yeah. First couple of years we were talking about streaming and everybody was against it and mm. I thought it was a great yeah, no, idea because, yeah. you know, I could have like all the music on my fucking iPad and uh, iPod and then my phone. But then like, um, yeah, then it became sort of really scary, you know. It well, it became changed. scary because people thought they wouldn't make any money. Yeah. But you never made any money with record companies anyway. No, that's right. Yeah. So what's fucking scary about it? I do think, though, we need to police sometimes mm. acts that are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And and actually do deserve a record company. And, yeah. And, and some, you know, with radio it helps a lot, I guess. Mm. But there are ways of doing it now. Yeah. But it's such a lazy industry now. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, can you be bothered? And then you just get over doing it yourself. Yeah. You really have to do everything yourself now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 100%. So if you, after 10 years, get sick of it, the industry misses out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly it's right. It's not the other way. Well, it's sort you of. You can't really think bad about it I, I for kind yourself. Of, I, I really mourn for the days where artists could just be artists and go and just be a fuck up. And like yeah. all you did was fucking go from one disaster to the next and write music about it. That's right. And that's all they did. Yeah, that's right. And to me, I don't know, it should be like that. Yeah. And, and the the business should be completely separate and the marketing should be yeah. completely separate. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be the artist that sort of privy to all of that distraction because it takes them away from their music. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you're doing your tax yeah. and all that shit while you should be out there Attracting chicks fucking, to buy your records. Sucking dick. That's right, you know. Whatever. I wasn't sucking much dick, but um, <laughs> um, you, you just it's a different world and, and the thing is it's got to do with fear and it's mm. got to do with money and the problem is the record companies fucked themselves up. Yeah, they did, yeah. Because they asked for too much yeah. and the artists bit back. They looked for a way of circumventing that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when the artist didn't want to give their shit back after 25 years, mm. they looked for ways to fuck the artist up. Yeah. And that's the Michael Jackson theory mm. is that he didn't want to give his rights back and they mm. started saying, well, you, you wear a monkey outfit and nah, nah, nah. Like they just made shit up. Yeah. But if they hadn't have been so scared about it and been great for the artist, it, it's a two-way street, mm. you know, mm. But and it's very confusing. But... There you go. So that was Fable. Now, I asked Maddie what record companies he would bring up and he said Wheatley Records. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a good one. Very good. Because it was Glenn Wheatley. Mm. Um, and you wouldn't – you, you kind of think Glenn Wheatley, John Farnham. Yeah. Now, no, not just John Farnham. Yeah. It's incredible what he had yeah. on his record company. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not sure. I know that he went broke a couple of times, but that's the way of the world. They that, do that. And that was the business. But we're going on to The Voice, Fable, mm-hmm. owned the publishing. Yep. Signed to Wheatley. 
You're the voices on the record. Another one that died sort of earlier last year, February. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, But this song was one of his big ones and I'm not sure whether you're aware of it because I kind Mm. of was and I'd forgotten about it. Here it is. Fucking love that song. Yeah, and fucking huge hit. Yeah, for Wheatley. I think part of me remember. Yeah, part of me part remembers. Of, that's that it was that's how I was. Yeah. I was like, Maddie said, "Look at Wheatley," and I went, "Oh, okay, you're the voice, mm. whatever. Mm. Nothing to do." Yeah, we've got "Send Me an Angel." Yeah, moving pictures. What about me? What about yeah. me? That's right. Yeah, that sounds nothing. Well, Shannon Noel did a version of it, yeah. so then he makes money again, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. But. Yeah. Well, you know, moving pictures. He signed some really, really good artists. Yeah, had a good ear. Had a great ear. That's exactly where I'm mm. getting at. Yeah. Um, the story about Send Me an Angel in America, because a lot of Americans listen to us mm. and they're going to know this track. Yeah. Through the sports. Yeah, right. And I can't remember. It was the Angels, whether it was basketball or Something and they played this through the match. Yeah. And yeah. this is what – and to get played through the match is $60,000 a spin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So this song made a fortune. Mm. Real Life, Catch Me I'm Falling was their other single. Yeah. But, you know, they were – I would never have remembered that yeah. from the 80s. Yeah. Because we do this track and it's a ripper. Yeah, that's right. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. People love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It was a, I remember it in the day like so clearly, like when it came out. It was a huge song. It was a huge song. And it did. It went all, all around the world. Mm. Absolutely. And it was fucking probably huger than You're the Voice sometimes. 
Well, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, think it's been a lo- had the longevity. It was a sort there. of club, you know, it was a, a club hit. It was a club song. It would have um, would It was have in a couple of movies. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. and that was the other thing: record companies that could sell tracks to movies. Mm. That was the way to go. Yeah, you know. So yeah, Glenn Wheatley, the and the Wheatley label, if you don't remember, was two Kookaburras on each end. Oh, that's right. Red and Kookaburra. Yeah, which was very Aussie, and you know, you just sort of remember Whispering Jack being there, but there was a lot more artists. Mondo yeah. Rock were on them as well. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yep. So. Was it more about the year in the 80s, listening to the song and actually going, this has got a fucking life, this has got legs, you Yeah, know? yeah. Nowadays that doesn't happen. You have to put it out yourself and you have to believe in yourself and you have to sort of hope to God someone, I don't know, it goes viral almost. Well, it's sort of like these days the artists are having to, the reality is the artists themselves are having to just chuck it out there and it does nothing Chuck it out there or it does a little bit of something but, like, not enough that, you know, that material, what it really deserved, you know what I mean? It probably should have gone a whole lot further. Mm. Or you have to put sort of, if you're looking at an album, you've got artists having to put, uh, you know, about 35 to 50 grand behind their album, Mm -hmm. like self – and and this – that's – that's – very economical. Yeah. That's very economical. But but sort of thirty five to fifty grand in Australia um, to pay for all kinds of people and marketing and all that kind of thing to push it through so that it will actually make it onto radio. That's right. And that and that money there is what the label would have covered initially to make that song song success. That's right. And so it's like yes. Yes, the industry. Yes, artists have circumvented uh, labels to sort of reach their own market. But you can't tell me that sort of putting that kind of money behind behind your work is a deterrent. No, know, it's for, not. For That's right. That's you know? right. Oh, Certainly look, you was can for my sell, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You can sell anything you want if you've got the money behind it. Yeah. And you put it in people's faces long enough. Yeah. But in saying that, there's so much shit out there now. Yeah. That's just not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to do TikTok and you've got to do this mm. and you've got to do that and you've got to – it's a completely different world. Yeah, yeah. There is a, there is a, uh, a Melbourne rock – um, sort of manic, manager record label head in Melbourne who's Jewish mm-hmm. um, who does sort of run off this old school. Yeah. 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 And right. he has great success with great. his band yeah. and his label. Um, yeah, he's very savvy. I won't say his name. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Just the sort of combination of, you know, what we've been talking about being, yeah. Jew, you know, being Jewish, sort of running off this whole sort of plan, having an ear for good music, really jumping behind it, like living and breathing it, and you know, be, almost almost being like part of the band, you know, yeah. Well, incredible. it's funny because we went to New Eve with Brian Kahneman and Racky. Mm. And Brian asked me that question. He said, what happened with you mm. that you didn't get signed and you weren't a rock star? Yeah. 
which is a fucking good question. Mm. So where do you start? I said, well, I said, Briar was lazy. I didn't write enough. Yeah. And then when I sent my own original material into a record company, they went, oh, no, we can't. We don't know where that fits. Yeah. And Brian said, well, everyone knows that that's not how it works. Yeah. And I said, well, I was just hoping in my heart that's how it works. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm. You know, I don't. Mm. But he said to me, you were at that stage of the industry where it was just about dead and you went to put something out and I just didn't have the passion. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't think everyone gets through. I think it's something that – but he asked the question because now he's worked with me and he can see what I can do. Yeah. He was like, what actually happened? What went wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for him that's what he aimed to do and he did it. Yeah. And James Freud was the same. That's right. Yeah. And I don't think I was like that. I said, you know what, bro, I don't think I was that interested. It's it funny It sounds because fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But I don't think I cared enough. Yeah. It's funny because like people people like sort of Brian and James and so forth. When they when they meet somebody, I guess like you or mm. I, and and you know they work out that oh yeah you you know you're talented, you're worth it, you're everything's smart, there, everything's there. They actually find it fascinating. Absolutely. Like, why isn't this person? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I fucking totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just the type of chick that goes, well, I missed out, whatever. Yeah. But I'm not afraid of that because I find that maybe I didn't want that. Maybe I was self-sabotaging. But, I but don't know. But mind you, you're still working in the music industry and you're still sort well, that's of making it. like bulk of your income from music and, that's it. you know, you're doing stuff that like people that might have had a big hit sort of back then, then they're not doing now. Yeah. They, they, they've eventually backed off and they're not able to do it emotionally anymore. You're still doing it. And I think there was about 20 years from 86 to whatever where there was really no hope for anyone. Yeah. And you really had to, I don't know, suck someone's cock. I don't know. Who knows? Because it's not about how hard you work. No. And it's not about letting everyone know. Like I had fucking Kylie's people come and watch me for years Mm, mm. and they never put two – it used to astound me that they never put two and two together. Yeah. Well, why can't I do what that's – what Kylie's doing? Yeah. I love Kylie, don't get me wrong, but I can do what she does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why can't you put that together? Yeah. It's the fact that they don't give a fuck. No, that's it. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't matter how much you worked on your skill and who you were, you know, in the movies how it was like, oh, if someone sees you, you get discovered. Yeah. Not the fucking truth, gang. Yeah, yeah. It's not how it works. Mm. You could be in front of anyone that's like Madonna's management. They don't give a fuck. Nah, nah. Not nah. if they've got Madonna. Nah. They've got to, they've got to be, they've, they've just personally got to get whipped up over. You like, and if they don't, but, the, but you know, they don't. This no, is the they thing. don't. It's the whole thing. And uh, you know, when I think about it, I've got relatives that want to sing and stuff. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why would they give a yeah, fuck about yeah, me? Yeah, exactly right. I'm no, the same. Nobody owes you anything. That's right. This is the hugest thing about exactly. It, That's exactly about right. the industry. Nobody owes you anything. I mean, you we might know think, so many fucking people that are world class. Yes. Every I could name five people that are world class. Yeah, yeah. In Australia, that still work. Zach mm. Cedrus. Mm. 
world class. Yeah, you yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, I reckon yeah. we're world class. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to fucking say that, mm. but motherfuckers, we are. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. Yet, Lady Gaga's up there doing her thing, and yeah. I love her. Yeah. But what is the difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Is it the Illuminati? Yeah, yeah. Do they go, yes, I want to bow down and suck someone's cock every day? I don't think I want to suck someone's cock every day. Do you? This is yes, the you thing. do. Sorry, that's a stupid question. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. There's got to be a, a bigger dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've spoken to this with Brian and I've said, look, I think there's an Illuminati. Mm. And it came in in the 90s and you had to fucking bow down mm. and go, well, I'm going to give my life to this. I can't do that. No, no. I would rather have friends, drinkies and just share thoughts like this yeah. than fucking work. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, Mate, I was, you know, oh, in, in terms of that uh, cross, you know, you're crossing over and things really start escalating for you. I was right there on the yep. cusp. Yeah, that's but right. But I didn't like how it felt. And I wasn't yes. I wasn't prepared to become fake and pretend that I liked yep. it in yep. order for my career to kick into that next gear. Yeah. I had to just be true to myself. I, I did just had to have to be true to myself. And if that meant taking a step back from what I could see you know, what you had to do that's right. to, to, to get further like that. Yeah. That's what I did. You know, that's, that's what right. I did. Yeah. Fucking hell. Because you still want to entertain at the end of the day. Yeah, you just want to work. That's you just right. want to be working. But even my friend Edward who does styling and hair and stuff, mm. he's fucking incredible at what he does. Yeah. He's world class. He's worked with Gwen Stefani. <laughs> well, apparently she's a really shit businesswoman as well. She fucking, you know, she's got oh. no idea. Anyway, does all her dolls and all that shit, right? Mm. And still hasn't left what the fucking dolls? self. Oh, she's got these dolls and a cartoon. The oh. Kir- Kirishuki girls. Harajuku yeah, girls. Whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> right? Does their dolls and everything for it? <laughs> <laughs> the Harajuku <laughs> girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever they are. They lasted five minutes, right? He paints it yeah. dolls. I for love her. Gwen. Don't yeah, get yeah, me yeah. wrong, but I reckon she'd be a cunt <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's all right because I like cunts. <laughs> but um, he's worked with her. Mm. He is fucking world class. Mm. Fucking makes a pig look like a porcupine, <laughs> right? Where it's dangerous, right? Just incredible. Fucking same situation. Yeah. Who aren't we answering to? And someone asked me, it was his sister, in the salon one day, she goes, have, have you ever had the Illuminati come? Because Katy Perry's Illuminati. Mm. Have you ever had them come to you and ask for your talent? Mm. And I went, it's not a dumb question. Mm. I think I may have somewhere yeah. and I didn't go there. Mm. Instant dismissal. Yeah. Yeah, not going to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a thing. And it sounds a bit fucking hokey pokey, mm. hocus pocus, yeah. but there has to be a fucking thing. Mm. And this is just starting, I don't think like people like Real Life or Pseudo Echo are in that group at all. I think they were just way before. No, they were just very talented. Absolutely, and yeah. that happened. And but young. eventually there was a game. Yeah, 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 And that's we right. didn't want to play it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, The yeah. game was too fucking much energy. Yeah, yeah. I love getting up in the morning, making my porridge, doing a gig at a pub where I know three people. You know, I don't mind that. Yeah. Imagine me getting out of a tracksuit to do a fucking interview at nine in the morning. Yeah. I couldn't be fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck could be fucked? Mm. Mm. So I think it's an interesting subject. Yeah. It really is. It, it is. It really is. I, I just I just wasn't willing to become a cunt. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's a path, pathological liar. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is. It, it is. is. It's pretty. It's like it's so much pretending. Absolutely. And, and you've and got I, to be nice to people. I can't be nice to people. No, no, no. No. I've, if people have fucked me off, oh. I have fucking told them, you know. Oh, oh. fucked me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <sighs> How are you going to be nice? Yeah, yeah. To yeah. someone that's fucked you that thinks you got this dream and they're going to fuck you before you get your dream. Yeah, yeah. You're not getting your dream. Yeah. They're just getting their dick wet. Yeah. And that happened to me, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> but. We'll say it in the Patreon. Yeah, well, we might say it in the Patreon. <laughs> I'm sure we have anyway. Oh, uh, fuck. Burn those cunts fa- fences down, mate. <laughs> I just fucking, like, it's not a real industry. Something's mm. not right about it. Yeah, you know the the business the business really conflicts with the art form. It really does. It it's really sort of, does. You've got this like actually quite a beautiful art form, and then it's sort of oh god, like it's it's pulled apart by the business side of it. It's real, really frustrating. It's sort of it's it's what pulled me out of, you know, it's what really pulled me out of acting. It's what pulled me yeah. out of music. Yeah, that's right. And it, because I wanted to practice yeah. the art form side, yeah. hated the industry side. And you were so close and you were there in front of everyone. I turned my back on And then on you it. went, nah. I wasn't willing to do it. I'm not going to be able to go and see a movie. Yeah, nah. I'm not going really to be able to eat do it. fruit in the forest. And I remember one of my drama teachers telling me about it, yeah. like ab- about her saying, you know, I, I turned my back and I chose not to. I turned my back on the industry and I chose not to. And I remember thinking to myself, you didn't turn your back on shit. You just didn't you, you didn't break, you know, you didn't get a break. You didn't sort of break through. You didn't turn your back on mm. shit. She probably did. Yeah, That's no, a, what she I did, did, I really did turn yeah. my back on it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't willing to. Well, you've had a child. Mm. That's your world. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else matters. Yeah, 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 that's right. For me, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I'm much more ha- like Edward and I are very, very good friends, mm. and he lives at the Docklands. We'll go and I'll go. To, I went to his house Christmas Eve. Yeah. I get more out of life talking to him. Yeah. And drinking and smoking and him and his boyfriend. Yeah. And my own friends. Mm. This is the reason Rewind Days is together because we keep together as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only way I can do it mm. because you're spending so much time on all the other bullshit mm. that you don't see people. Yeah. There's people I have not seen for years that I adore mm. because of the music industry and doing shit that you're not meant to be doing. I get more enjoyment out of that than fucking being a famous rock star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is what shits me when we've got our 80s band and then there's other 80s bands that compete. 
Mm. Fucking go for it, dog fuck. Yeah. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to do this whether you think I'm not. A, and I've been doing this for 35 fucking years mm. now. Mm. You're fucking nothing, right? <laughs> and I am the gatekeeper. Fuck you. Yeah. And yeah. I know I'm sounding like a fuckwit, but it's the fucking, the matter is, why can't I own that? Yeah. Just because we're in a cover band, it doesn't mean we haven't tried with originals. Yeah. But you go and fucking try, mate. Mm. You go out and put your shit song on the fucking iTunes or whatever. Yeah. And see how much money you make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking don't. Yeah. Unless you join the fucking boys club. Mm. And there's a song about it. Say, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? <laughs> that yeah. shit song yeah. reminds me of the industry. Yeah. And that's exactly what she's talking about. Mm. Mm. Because they had one single and then she started writing for Kylie. Yeah. And why do you reckon that is? Because the industry's fucking full of shit. Yeah, yeah. It is full of ego. It's full of shit. Mm. There's nothing real about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even if there is something real about it, people will just shoot you down. Oh, no, that guy's a fuckwit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, interesting, very interesting but really good. Well, I like how we've blended the Patreon episode. I know. With- there is a Patreon episode coming, guys. It's going to be a ripper. Uh, it's going to be a ripper. So where yeah. do we get to? Wheatley. What's Wheatley. Next? So we've finished Wheatley. Good. Now the next record label that I always remember, this is the last one we're going to talk about, mm. is Sire Records. Oh, yeah. For me yeah. that was a big one. R- yeah, really remember them. Yep. So who do you remember on Sire? Oh, fuck. Um, God, it would be hard for me to. And they're still around. Yeah, yeah, they are. But it doesn't matter. This was their heyday. Mm. Let me just remind you. Listen to the eighties montage that Pretender like a Virgin album. Ah, yeah. fuck yeah, Sire Records. Of course. So every time you put out like a Virgin or the first album, it was Sire Records. Yeah, and that's when I went, oh, what's Sire Records? That's right. Now, I played Pretender because it isn't like a Virgin. It's one of the tracks. It wasn't released, I don't think. Mm. I was going to play. Um, Oh, fuck, the B-side of Getting to the Groove, uh, Angel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I went, nah, fuck it, I'll do Pretender. Mm. That's what the industry's about. Yeah. You know, and 
this chick is the epitome of that. Mm. She still wants to play the game. Yeah. She still wants to flash her gash. Yeah. She still wants to pump a poodle. Yeah. She still wants to do it. Still, Unbelievably. Yeah, yeah. I could not be no fucked. No way. Nah, not at her And this age. is where we relate to each other. Yeah. Because yeah. we know where we want to go on a level mm. but it's who fucking knows. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are so many good people and so many artists that haven't quite made it. Yeah. That blows my fucking mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, yeah. So many of our colleagues where yeah. it's like you are yeah. actually world class. Like world you class. Could, you could pop you in any band on any level in Absolutely. the world and they would meet, you know, they, yeah. they would come to the party. But it's just been the wrong timing. It's been the industry's changed and things yeah. have happened. Mm. Um, Madonna, though, can't help herself. No, no, she is this. And like, I thought she was going to be a lot clearer than what she is. Yeah, yeah. I really, I get disappointed. She released a she released a track uh, two days ago or something. She released a single two days ago. Right. Is it any good? Uh, it's catchy. What's it called? I think it's sort of like you Dinosaur know how she's dick. doing. You know how she's doing a lot of. I just wanted to be a mother and shut the fuck up. Yeah, I do too. I love you, Madge, but I loved you in the eighties. When she started, yeah, I don't know. Just the, since fucking bloody COVID, she's gone nuts. Nuts. Fucking crazy. Nuts. Since, crazy. Since moving to Lisbon, Lisbon. you know, <laughs> for the Suns soccer career. Yeah, that's right. She's gone nuts. Fucking maybe sort of, a soccer ball hit her head or something. It's it's still um, hit her in the lips. It's still um, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, like I the don't last like couple it. of years it for her. It makes me a little bit tired. Mm. Yeah, if I me met too. her, she, and you know what? If you met her, she's probably nothing like that too. So what can you do? You can't judge it. But even in um, she did she did an interview with Kate Langbrook. Oh, Katie, I love Katie. Yeah, when she That's was. That's fucking real shit. Yeah. She's when, awesome. Yeah. When she was uh, promoting Madame X, she, did, she did an interview with her and it was fucking great because, like, Kate's feet were just, like, completely firmly on, on the, the ground. ground. Yeah. And she had a, she had a great um, influence on, on Madonna. Madge, yeah. And they loved each other. They really yeah. respected each oh, other. She's a great chick. It's a really good inf- interview. Suss it out. It's really good. I I couldn't believe it was happening. Sort of because Kate was str- Kate knew exactly how to treat her. That's exactly right. It was brilliant. And, and it's a she feel sort of, thing. Yeah, yeah. She sort of blew sunshine up Madonna's ass enough where Madonna felt respected and seen. And heard. Yes, yes, that's right. And but she connected with her. She, Kate knew absolutely everything about the album for a start, like right. the album that Madonna's trying to fucking. That's good. You know, like promote and everything, but like just all Madonna's past. She knew fucking everything. She was so fucking well rehearsed, uh, so uh, researched. But she also sort of connected with her as a mother, as a woman. Great. Yeah, really, really good interview. But. Um, Sort of in interviews and promo that I've seen Madonna do since, it's just like loony territory. Like 
Fucking, I don't know. It's interesting. She's done some stuff like on um, Jimmy um, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, right. Um, where it's like equal parts loony and like, oh, fuck, I didn't know that about her and yeah. See, but. I as a kid would be wetting my pants to meet her. Yeah. I was scared to meet her. Now yeah. I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a shame. Yeah. Because I'm – I'm not a fan that goes she's amazing and whatever she does. Mm. I'm not like that. Mm. You need to be a certain level for me to go, oh, I'm into that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I met Kate Lambrook at a wedding. It was uh, James Freud's kid's wedding. Mm. And amazing woman. Yeah. And she's, I was smi- I, I don't know whether she was smoking but mm. I had a cigarette. Yeah. And I was smoking with her and I was talking about her being on the show with the male comedian, mm-hmm. um, um, his mate, her mate. Yeah, that they did the radio show with as well. Um, yeah, great show. Fucking great show. It hasn't been on this year though. Or has yeah, it? Yeah, no, I don't think it has. Anyway, I was saying, oh, I love that show and I think it's hilarious. And she went, oh, that would be really good. I'll tell him how you feel. Dave Hughes? Dave Hughes because mm. he's really quite insecure. Yeah. And I went, oh, wow. That's really weird because he's really funny. Yeah. And I think the both of you together – that's right, they did a radio show. You're right. Yeah. The, the both of you together are, are hilarious. And mm. she was really humble and really fucking knew I felt what I knew. Yeah. It wasn't like I oh, will fucking, you know, it was really light and nice. Yeah. And um, she would have been a perfect interview with Madonna because she mm. would have grounded her, you're yeah. right. Yeah, And that's the thing – about Madge's, there's a lot of that missing now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like who's it's... grounding her now? But when I you think have she children... hangs out with the kids, she's hanging out with the kids and the kids' friends and everything, right. and she thinks she's sort of. Well, I hope that's not it's it. It's like, mate, they think you're the biggest joke. Like for fuck's sake. Well, they can't though, because there's a lot of money at stake. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. these kids are going to have an amazing life. Yeah. I remember when Lourdes was born and. She went into a Britney Spears fucking started doing stuff with Britney and stuff. Mm. She doesn't give a fuck about Britney. Yeah. Even though she did go to the wedding, didn't she? Yeah, yeah she Yeah, that's did, right. Yeah. Maybe she does. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, interesting. But it's that play out mm. of being a rock star that you keep. And I know friends of mine that are accused of that and they're really not that. Yeah, yeah, They're just yeah. that on stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, now it was um, you mentioned uh, when you said "sai" before? It was Depeche. Depeche, that that's I right. Was thinking. Okay, I couldn't find a track that Sire had released. Do you know which one? No. I was thinking it was their first album, but I don't think it was. Mm. I think it was ah past that. Ah right. I think they shifted to Sire. Yeah. Okay. Because it was. I remember Sire being. Sire were very independent. As far as they went for really weird ass acts, though. yeah, yeah, they did, yeah, yeah. Madonna's their most, Madonna's their biggest act they've ever had, yeah, yeah. Like it's in brackets, biggest act, but they did Soft Cell mm. and yeah. Depeche Mode, The Smiths, yeah. Echo and the Bunny Man. Yeah, they weren't the straight laced as what we thought they were no. in the eighties. No, they're very, um, very cult in the artist. That yeah, they that's had. right. Big fan bases and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Very loyal fan bases. And they were distributed at the start by London Records. So there's always distributors with each record company. Mm. So 
they had a London thing about them. Yeah, at that's the start, right. Yeah, yeah. Which was interesting because yeah. you wouldn't think that if you look back at when you were a little kid in the eighties. Mm. Now, Sire Records, obviously, Madonna broke off and did Maverick Records, and that yeah. was the other thing that was big in the. 90s, 2000, was it record companies were starting to be owned by the record artists? Yeah, that was a really interesting progression because um, Warner bought bought out Sire um, and then Madonna was like a Warner artist, like really successfully a Warner artist for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they sort of, um, yeah, Warner sort of bankrolled um, Maverick. Well, that's right. You know, they really sort of supported her doing that. Exactly. But in saying that, she then signed Alanis Morissette, which is the biggest Huge. fucking thing. Best thing she ever did. Best thing. Mm. Because I loved that record, mm. Alanis Morissette's album, and that was 90s, obviously. Yeah. There wasn't much in the 90s I liked, but Alanis mm. fucking nailed it for yeah. me because it was all about speaking the stuff that we hadn't heard before. Yeah. It was poetry. You know, poetry you know? and it was feelings. Yeah. And it was yeah. just this whole thing, you mm, know. Mm. But, yeah, no, interesting. So a lot of these record companies turned into other companies and it was just a really great subject but mm. where do you start? Yeah, fuck yeah. So I just went, I'm just going to start at the labels that I remember. Yeah, yeah. Where I, I remember the labels, mm. you know, like. yeah. And records Remember the I, actual label on the record that's as, you, it. as you rested into the, that's the it. But, player. But that's sort of all I've got. You no, know? that's brilliant. That's really great. No, that's cool. I did have another track. Oh, okay. So I did want to play another track, um, Sire Records, who did also sign this fabulous band. Here we go. Pretenders, middle of the road. Love it. I love the pretenders. Yeah, you do. And ever since we played the Christmas song on our Christmas special, mm. I've heard it everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Because I really didn't know what it was about. Mm. I've heard it at Woolies, I've heard it at Coles, and it's just everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they were a good band. Yeah, yeah, they were. And awesome. she is an amazing singer. Mm. Beautiful. Still, still got the voice. Yeah, I love it. It's really stylistic. Yeah. Really lovely. Yeah. But there you go. So that was a Sire record artist as well. It almost makes me believe Madonna didn't fucking 
belong there. Yeah. But she was their biggest artist, you know. She was very different before she was, disco- you know, discovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different. Yeah. She, she sort of, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of awful what that extreme amount of fame does to artists. Yeah. You know, it does it sort is. of ruin them a little bit. It does. Because I think at the end of the day what they're doing isn't that great. No, people, not really. We we have more fun backstage. No. Yeah. And we yeah. do funnier shit backstage. Yeah, that's right. Than what they've put on TikTok. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And that's the problem is the public have become numb to and, what's talented. The anymore. thing is though, those acts desperately want that that sort of um that authentic experience. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're looking for it, they can't yeah. get it anymore. But if Madonna didn't have that about her where she was chasing fame all the time, she wouldn't be where she is. No, that's right. That's, that's the problem. That's that's Madonna's brand. That's is right. that like that desperately seeking. Trigger, you triggering know, like, people. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. But not that I'm triggered. I just watch it and go, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I understand yeah. it. Yeah. And I totally get it. Mm. But I don't know, man, I just could not be fucked doing it myself. That's the part of it. Yeah. That I yeah. just couldn't be fucked doing. Absolutely. And maybe she just needs permission to slow the fuck down. I don't know. But yeah, who knows? I if that's what she was like in real life, we would not get along. Yeah, no. She's gotta she's gotta let it the guard down sooner or later. It's just like fucking when does she do it? It's just so exhausting. I don't know. But anyway, look, there you go. There's our record companies of the 80s. There's a million others. There's a million others. But we needed somewhere to go. That's right. And, and that's probably, where we went. possibly a good segue to mention the Patreon episode. Patreon which episode. Which we're going to go on to record now. We are. So if you want to hear the extension of this conversation where we're going to go, what we're going to talk about well, we and everything. we the fuck out of yeah, everyone. Yeah, just fucking go for it. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a Patreon to find out. You do. And the way that you get the Patreon episodes is, is when you jump on board for $10 a month. So we're there are different tiers, guys. You can become a patron for $1.50, which we're very grateful for. Absolutely. There are different tiers all the way up. $10, you get the extra episodes. You so do. if you really love the show, you're and really into nice it. And we're nice and drunk. That's right. And we nice don't give a fuck. Yeah. And, you know, we don't give a fuck anyway, really, mm. but it's even worse. Mm. Yeah, but look, yeah. great episode. Nice one, guys. There you go. We're love back in the band it. room. Back in the band room, which is which very good. Which is a good. lot easier. Yeah. And it, but even though I love it's all good, mm. uh, I think this is our third year this year. It is, yeah. We must be coming Amazing. up close to 200. Who would have thought, huh? We must be coming up close to yeah, 200 Yeah, well, I think we need soon. to do a live show. Yeah, yeah. Let's just we, book it and Let's do, it. do 200th live show. Yeah. Which yeah. means you need to subscribe for $1.50 so we know who wants to come to the live show. Mm-hmm. There'll be a venue somewhere that will hold it and we'll do a live show yeah. and we'll get people involved. And thank you so much to the subscribers and that we'll come out. And we'll make it fun, guys. We'll have fucking oh, DJs, DJ. all kinds of shit. DJ Dickhead on the decks. Yeah. You name it. Mm. You name it. We'll, we'll be, be f- fucking we'll be in like full on Instagram. Drag, ready to go. Yeah, you know, we'll mm. get everyone there. That's right. Good on you guys. All right, lovely. Love yous. Please like, share, rate, review, give us five stars. Follow us on whatever platform you can. We're on t- over 10 different platforms at the moment, but um, most important thing to do is become a subscriber and become yeah. a Patreon, guys. 
patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. Come on, mate. Just fucking do it. Mm. Stop getting free shit and fucking just write a review. <laughs> That's right. All right. Come and see us live with Rewind 80s when you yes. get around to oh, it as that, well, guys. You know what? That would make our life. Yeah, singing the sookie. hits the 80s. Come to the Sookie Lounge. Hey, don't be a Sookie. Be a Sookie. Hey. <laughs> All right, guys, love right. yous. If it's music, matey. All cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about Unreal. it. Unreal. Woo! Doo-doo. Yeah. Beep, beep.